This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with our multimedia analysts, Sara Bish and Derek Konofalski, again. We spent the last episode talking about building a brand for organization. I thought it was a great episode, and we really kind of dove into why that's at the core of messaging and who you are, and I wanted to continue that conversation today and talk specifically about our website and how these two really tie together, and I know I said this on the last episode as well, but I'll say it again. Zara, you really do two jobs, graphic designer and web manager. And Derek, you're also a developer and web designer by trade. So I wanted to bring you into this conversation as well. You do kind of a lot for us here, run our Spark App League and um, still get involved when we have web issues and so forth. So um, I thought this would be a great conversation. There's a lot of cities out there that are, um, you know, some that are still managing their websites internally, others that use um, outside companies to help them. And some are in communications departments, some are in IT departments. Um, It kind of runs the gamut. When I first came here, it was in the IT department, and we really took it over in the communications department because I thought that there was a natural connection between, again, that look and feel and brand, and so I thought it was important that um, it be here in this department, the communications department, but, you know, this organization didn't have a dedicated communications department before I came five years ago. We didn't have centralized messaging. We didn't have branding. We really didn't have a look and a feel that was consistent um, in the community or across the organization, and the website needed a major overhaul. There were thousands of pages. And I was tasked actually with a redesign. That's what they told me. You need to redesign our website. Um, But it wasn't. We started from scratch with a brand new website. So I always like to say this because that was my goal that I was given. And I was like, hey, everybody, it's not a re... They kept saying, oh, she's doing a redesign. It's not a redesign. It's a brand new website because... There's a difference, and it really was starting from scratch, and it was quite a process, and we did it in a very short amount of time. And um, so talk about that, Zara. You know, where did you begin? How did you start that process? And, you know, what decisions did you make about how you would manage that the website? Yeah, so we, uh, we started with just assessing what our capacity was, what the demand was, um, and and, it, and like you said, it evolved in, and came into the communications department. And because I have other responsibilities and things like that, again, managing a website, and I don't have that technical background, so not having the IT support, we really needed to look at what our options were um, moving forward. So, you know, um, I really thought a content management system would be the best option for us. Uh, it would allow us to decentralize uh, a bit and have the other departments kind of manage their own pages. Uh, so <clears throat> we started with that concept, and then we we you know put out an RFP for um, uh, quotes and decided on Vision Internet. Uh, they were really the best option at the time, and <clears throat> I really liked that they offered some customization options, um, the price was right on, and they were pretty um, popular in the market at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, still are, they're growing quite a bit. Um, and they also offered a responsive uh, widget, or responsive um, design so that when, you know, it's more mobile and tablet friendly. Yeah. 
Um, Which our previous website was not. Yeah, I want want to, sorry, just want to jump back for a quick second. Um, Because I think that's a mistake that a lot of organizations, I don't know about government specifically, but I know a lot of organizations make the mistake where the IT department runs the website and manages that stuff. And I think it's really important that like that decision you made to have that content management system where, um, you know, IT or or a technical organization is handling that stuff, Mm -hmm. but a communications department is handling the messaging and the The content content of it. Because I see that all the time, you know, especially in, in the freelance world, people will pay because it's cheap they'll pay like a web designer or a web developer to do their website and that web developer is like a programmer by trade and they they have nobody that handles the content for them or the messaging or whatever so the website just ends up being like this this very technically magnificent thing but nobody actually pays attention to it nobody uses it just because of the fact that it's kind of dry and you know there's not there's not any there's not any emotion behind it I guess or there's not very much thought behind it it's just like very very technically good. And yeah, uh, you mentioned the responsive website piece. Like, yeah, that's great that your website is responsive, but if people don't use it, if people don't read the stuff on, on there, if somebody clicks to your website and then clicks right off, like, great, nice responsive website that's no, that nobody's using. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that was a great decision to make, you know, back when you guys were doing mm-hmm. that redesign to separate that stuff, because I don't, I don't think a lot of organizations think that. Well, and I think it really worked for us in our situation at that time. You know, it's not, might not be the right solution for every everybody. Um, definitely people have the the resources to host and manage and, and design their own website in-house, which is great. But um, for us, the content management system has been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and incorporating what we were, what we set out to do was, you know, come up with a new brand, a look and a feel. So the timing, and I think we always said like, it starts with your website, right? What's the first touch point that your residents or where they're interacting with you? What is that going to be? And so when they do visit your website to, you know, conduct city services or find information, that was really important that the brand came alive there in that moment. And so that was really the foundation that started after we had established that look and feel and the color scheme. And and then we had, you know, something to build from with the website. So I think that, like you said, timing was, was really on our side as well. Yeah. I, um, had, you know, I had to come up with those colors and the brand guidelines pretty quickly because we wanted to insta- in, implement them into the website. Um, even though we on didn't, a very, very tight timeline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our, our timeline was about six months, um, which is pretty quick. Uh, that and is really quick. It, it should have been 18. <laughs> well, I'm just throwing it really out there. Quick. We started yeah. from scratch. I mean, we literally created a new site map. We, you know, we did take some pages from the old site, but everything was manly transferred. Um, and, you know, it's not just, it wasn't just the look, it was the content and how it was organized and how we were going to uh, lay it out. So yeah, six months went by really fast. <laughs> Imagine. Um, it was like right over the holidays because we were yeah. launching New Year new website, so the first of the year. <laughs> so it came down like to land right over. You know, the worst of it was like that right is a over really it. aggressive timeline. It was. <laughs> it was, really and I should aggressive. say like it's again. I think when I was tasked with it, it was thinking it was for, from their perspective, it was a redesign. But again, mm-hmm. we were starting from scratch, so in hindsight, we probably could have used some more time. But no one has complained, so <laughs> all went well. So I guess it, you know, it worked out. But talk about what it was like 
going to the content management system and, and what the process was for getting users in the various departments and why that was so important. Like Derek mentioned, you know, they're the ones that know the content best. They're the ones that know their calendar. They know their events. They know what's going on. They know that what they want to promote. Some some wanted a social media ticker. Some wanted, you know, certain imagery. And so this was a great way for them to be able to have their pages showcase who they believe they are as a department. Yeah, it's another place for them to have their own identity. Um, and we, you know, we work with them to try to allow that. Same with the design and the branding that we talked about last week. Um, so it's, you know, it, it is great because they can take ownership and pride in their, in their sections. And it's such a simple system that, you know, any, anyone can go in and, and do it. And it's, you know, a lot of the requests are updating phone numbers, updating email addresses, you know, just changing some, maybe a notice. Um, so it, before all these requests would come in, you know, through one person. Um, now we have probably um, five to pro no more than 10. I mean, it depends on the department. Um, you know, content man management users um, have access. And so it just, it, it makes it a lot easier and it, it allows for a quicker, um, quicker updates. And, you know, the time you could write an email, someone could go on and make the update themselves. Exactly. And so that saves a ton of time in the process. When you first approached the various departments about this, were they like, well, we don't know how to run a website. I think there was concern about, um, extra workload. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, th in the end, um, it's been a great response. People love being able to do things themselves <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and not have to wait on someone else, you know, put in a work order and maybe wait a week for that phone number to be updated. Um, so um, I, I do want to make the point too. The I really like the fact that, you know, we are putting the content on users within other departments in our organization. Um, but the other thing that I really like about a CMS is that at least the way that we have it set up is that the majority of the stuff there's like, um, you know, you talked about hierarchy when we were talking about branding, that when people write content for their pages, the really the only options that they have are those hierarchy options. Like this is a header, this is the content, this is a, you know, a list or whatever. And then the website takes care of like, we've already put in the CSS styling and all that stuff to make sure that whatever content people put in there, it follows our branding just by virtue of them putting in that hierarchy or putting in those headers or putting in that content. All the colors and everything are already done for them. They don't have to worry about that stuff. Although people like to worry about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one request I get when I train people. Oh, how do I change the font size? You don't. And how do I change the color? Mm -hmm. um, well, we don't really want you to do that. Um, so the you know the brand standards really um, they work for the website as well. So you um, and it's important you want every page to kind of have that consistency mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> You know, if you're going, it's like anything else. If you're seeing all caps and huge letters, like it's, you're not, you're not getting the message across. You're screaming at someone. So it's not going to make it any better. Yeah. And I think two people don't realize, like there's just, there's so many things that people don't realize about what, uh, you know, how websites work or how people access websites or how people use websites. You also have to think too, um, you know, you, Dana mentioned that, that 
the website sometimes is the first point of contact for people, people looking for city services and things like that. But sometimes people don't think about the fact that maybe, and I'm being really generous with this here, but maybe 50% of the people that end up on your website actually, in our case, type in gilbertaz.gov and get to the homepage. There's a whole mess of people who are going to type in Gilbert, you know, trash pickup or Gilbert this or Gilbert that into Google, and then they'll end up right on that department page or right on that other page. So imagine that the first impression that somebody gets of your website is this all caps, flashing colors, marquees, the fonts are all different sizes. Like, again, you know, we, when we talked about branding, we talked about if, if people can't take you seriously, if you're not taking yourself seriously, like what, what do you think people are going to think when they go to your website? And it's all over the place, you know, and, and especially because you can't control their point of entry to the website. Like every page should technically function as the landing page for somebody. Every single page should be something that somebody could have their first exposure to and immediately know what your organization is, what they stand for, how they work, you know, like what, what the branding is, what the voice is, all that stuff. So when it's not consistent like that, you, you can really hurt yourself and do a disservice to your organization by, you know, messing with all that stuff. And that's a big challenge. I mean, each department, you know, the, the thing with government is there's so much information and it's hard to, you know, not want to put it all out there for everyone to see, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, you don't want to do that because you're just going to overwhelm your, your visitors. So it, it's, there, there's a lot of strategy involved in how you, um, organize and, 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 what content you're putting on your website. Yeah, and it's never going to be perfect. Like, no, there'll always be yeah. a misstep here and there. That's what I love about websites is you can change it on a whim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Print, not so much. But um, uh, it's all, and that's what I love. It's always evolving. We're always trying some new things. Um, and you can experiment a little bit. Um, you like know, putting confetti falling from yeah. the <laughs> Yeah, it is fun. We've done stuff like that, which... Speaking of the homepage, you'll notice when you visit our homepage that video is very prominent. We have um, two digital journalists. We do a lot of video production here, both short and long form. And so we're creating video content, whether it's live or highly produced, every day. And so one of the things that I really love is this in the spotlight where we, in the bottom left corner, we always have a featured video. And then at the top, um, across the top ticker, which used to be just still photos, and I think the way it's built and delivered to us, it was we only had the ability to put still images in there, but we were able to switch it up to put video in there. I think we did, did we do that on our own? Well, or we did still, that with vision. Well, they're, they're st- um, still, uh, you know, just images, but they link, we now feature our videos more. So you can click through to a YouTube link basically. Right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, that's something that possibly we can work with vision in the future on, you know, that's my, on my wish list, but, um, yeah, just promoting our videos and, you know, on our connect page, especially is <clears throat> um, all of our social media. We have our YouTube channel, uh, things like that. And we updated the Gilbert Live page. So, you know, our channel 11 is embedded in that page so you can actually watch it live. So just implementing um, more video. And then I believe you've probably t- talked about this before is the digital newsroom um, where we incorporate a lot of the video and offer media downloads for, um, you know, so the, the media 
Yeah, we built an internal FTP site where the media can come on, we'll upload B-roll or a soundbite and they can come on and use it and download it themselves. So that's very cool. Also something, a feature you won't find on most government websites probably. The other thing is the emergency ticker on the homepage. We use that a lot when we have major road issues. Um, at the very top, we have the ability to put in a message at the, at the top, and and we do that quite a bit. Whether there's um, a sinkhole or you know a major construction project, or if we have an outage, um, if something is down or not accessible um, for town services, I think that's another great. Um, resource that we use uh, to get the message out. And so I think that's really, really important to point out. So there will be little touches. I know when we built the Twitter ticker across the top um, of our page, that was something else um, that we wanted. And I believe it was fire. The fire department wanted their Twitter feed to run across the top. Um, So that gives us the ability to customize for various departments or groups within your organization as well. Like you said, that when you visit, they have their own identity. Yeah, I, I, you know, because like Derek was saying, people are, you know, not necessarily going to be um, entering on the homepage all the time. Mm-hmm. So someone that really wants to stay up to date on fire information might just go to the fire homepage. Mm-hmm. So uh, that really allows them to have their own mini site kind of thing. So it's their section. I kind of suppressed a, a laugh a little bit when you mentioned that the Channel 11 feed was on the website. <laughs> yeah. But it made me I think I know it's of, not the favorite of everybody, but... Right. But it made me think of something, too, is, um, you know, because we talked about when, when we talked about the episode about doing, um, you know, make, we don't make content for Channel 11 because nobody watches it or whatever, or there's not very many people that watch it. It made me think of, um, that's the other great benefit of a website that I think a lot of um, governments don't think about is the analytics that go along with it. You know, you're talking about how maybe somebody's like really interested in the fire department. Well, it's like a feedback loop. The fire department can see how many people are going to their pages. Um, you can see how many people are viewing that content on your homepage. In emergency situations, you can get a, a tangible number of people that you've contacted mm-hmm. in the event of an emergency or some kind of, you know, um, emergency situation. And so I just I, th- I think that's another thing that uh, from go- government perspective, um, Main, maybe people don't think about that. I know a lot of businesses don't think about that. They just think that a website is supposed to be, you know, a, a fa- they just, you have to be on the internet. You have to be on the internet or whatever. Okay, well, you don't just have to be on the internet for the sake of being on the internet. Like, be on the internet so that you can actually tell how many people are taking in your content, how many people are watching the videos that you're putting out there, how many people you, you know, you, you're actually reaching on a regular basis. And for a government, how many people each department is reaching, what content is effective and which content isn't effective. You know, Zara, you mentioned that you can change it on a whim. And that's like, that's, that's a great thing that you have at your disposal is being able to see what content is working. And then you can try to figure out why and maybe try to redo the content that wasn't working because now you know which content was effective. Yeah, and I'm using analytics more and more um, to to do those things. I'm, I'm currently working with the fire department to update their their homepage, uh, and we're using analytics, you know, to to organize and highlight those specific things that people are looking for, you know. And then there's things that, you know, that each department wants to promote and let people more, they want more people to know about it. Well, it, it really needs to be a combination. You can't force people to be interested in something that they're not interested in finding. Challenge um, accepted. No, yeah. <laughs> so it's really that blend of, okay, well, what are your wishes and what do you want out of it? Okay. Let's look at what the analytics say mm-hmm. and what are people actually looking for? And let's combine them. Yeah, that's a good point too. Like, what what is what is a resident that 
you know, and just imagine a resident comes to this page. What do they get out of it? Like, did they stumble upon this page accidentally or did they come here? You know, yeah, people people usually look at like what, what they want to get out there, mm-hmm. what they want to show people. But like you also have to think about what the user is getting from that interaction. You know, it might not be a physical interaction, but it's still an interaction that you're having with residents. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. And believe it or not, we're already ready to start a redesign <laughs> of our new site, which we keep saying is a new site because it just, you know, time flies, as we all know. So um, in December, we'll be looking at starting the redesign process, and which is really exciting. But I know you want to talk about Site Improve because that's another thing we've implemented um, to really help us to make improvements to the site ongoing. So talk about why you chose them and what types of things they're, they're helping us to do to make the site better and more functional. Yeah, go, going along with the analytics, Site Improve has been a great help in quality and insu- quality assurance um, and accessibility. So it it what it it's a service that kind of connects with our website and uh, and it searches it. So it basically searches for broken links, um, misspelled words, and then it also checks accessibility. So it'll check for you know font tags, image tags. It's a very robust system. Um, you know, I have been highly impressed with their services and what they're doing and um, what it does for our website. I mean, it's been a really useful tool. Great. Yeah. So if cities are out there looking and you already have a website that's up, this might be one way that you could make some quick improvements um, and get the help because who has the time to go through and look for yeah? It's almost it's and- almost like a, a you know a set of eyes that are constantly watching the website that I don't have. So you know I am really looking forward to the redesign, um, which is in our contract. You get a, a design uh, redesign every four years. Um, and that's all it is. We aren't redoing the website again. <laughs> but, well, but again, no. it goes back to that decision to have a content management system is the content is still there. You don't have to worry about transferring the content over or doing anything with right. it. They can redesign the website and still fit all of our branding parameters and everything. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, you just kind of swap it out and put the new piece in. Yeah. Good to go. It looks like a new site. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but I'm excited because I want to use Site Improve um, to really look at accessibility. I think that's a, a big goal of mine for the new uh, website. And then also, um, you know, I really want to incorporate more video, uh, make it even more mobile and tablet friendly um, and and search friendly. So yeah, that's a big think- piece to the accessibility part because Google um, has started actually like dinging people if yeah. your site is not accessible because there's a very large percentage, more so than you would think, of of people who are blind that can actually you know visit your website and use your pages. And if you don't have those alternate image tags or if your site is not friendly for screen readers and things like that, then you're going to lose that that whole demographic. And, and honestly, from a government, like you can't. You have you can't to get away with yeah, it. <laughs> you have to address those people too. Like yeah. they're they're residents just as much as anybody else. Like you, all your residents have to be serviced regardless of how they're accessing your content. Yeah, it's, it's very important. So I really want to um, I really want to make that a big goal for our redesign. Um, we should also mention too that you do a newsletter. We talked about the branding newsletter previously, but you do a website newsletter as well, which gives kind of tips and tricks for um, little wins, things that people can do and help them to understand those those content managers and the various departments can 
um, stay up to date on, you know, trends and and get to helpful tips to help them in their process of updating the website as well. I think it's a great resource that you give. You give a lot of resources to the departments. We talked a lot about that in the branding episode as well, but you do the same thing from a web perspective as, as well. Yeah, I, I try to... Um offer, you know, the same resources and things like that to our content managers. And I really want them to be successful. So, you know, my door is always open and I'm always available to help. But there's also the newsletter that has those tips for content writing and things like that. Or I let them know what kind of updates Vision's doing or, Have you, know, you know, You've done training too for content managers when Vision did their yeah, every new content system. manager yeah. I do a one-on-one training with, so at least they have some familiarity with the, the system on the back end. And, um, you know, it's just that constant communication between the employees and, and letting them know that they're not alone. And if they ever run into an issue, they can contact me. Um, so, you know, the, the newsletter is great. Um, and then I also have a page I built on the intranet so people can go resource that. They can see what other, who else is a content manager in what department. So if they need help or, you know, need to reach out to someone else. Um, and then, you know, other resources on there as well. We talk so much about connecting the dots. And I think that's really key here. You know, those silos that tend to exist sometimes in government, we talk about that, whether it's, you know, departments, sometimes even within departments, they're, you know, the larger departments there's silos in public works or whatever it might be. And so connecting those dots and those pieces, newsletters, things like that, that's a great way to keep everyone, um, you know, up to date and together and offering the opportunity to be a second set of eyes before work is goes out or is published. And so being that resource. And so if you're out there and you're looking at doing something like that, it's important that you mentioned the constant communication. And I think that that's really key. You know, they need to hear from you and remember and be reminded um, because again, this isn't their primary job. They're not webmasters or graphic designers as their first job. This is something that's probably landed on their plate and it's in addition to whatever else they have to do. And so it's really important to keep in mind that, you know, they're not experts and this probably is um, a chore for them. You know, oh, another thing I've got to do, keep the website updated, right? So like you said, you want them to be successful. And so giving them those tools and, and those resources is crucial for success. Yeah, I like the idea too of having different content managers like in communication with each other you know ask anybody in a relationship anybody in a management role anybody in a you know subordinate role what the number one failure usually is and it's communication and so yeah you you you're like the central point of communication zara for people running the content but there's no reason why they can't also communicate with each other and help each other solve problems and and you know they they have common they have probably much more in common just being content managers than they realize in their roles. And so, you know, problems that are solved in one department could probably help another department solve their problems too. So, And not just one person. I think you made the point at the beginning that some departments have five, some have more than that. So make sure that if you are doing this, it's not just one person that holds that key. I think that's another you know, really crucial point to make. And we deal with it a lot because we're a very lean organization. And oftentimes you feel like, well, there's nobody to back me up. Like if I'm Where's not here, Bob? what do Bob's we do? Not here. What do we do? What you do we do? to update the website now. Where's yeah, Bob? Yeah, Bob. Bob. Exactly. Because when I came here, that was some things that I saw um, with some previous staff that were in this department was they 
couldn't back up for each other on various things. I was like, what do you do when that person's sick? Oh, I don't know, you know? And I think when you are lean, it is a challenge, but it's really important that you have multiple people who have access and who are up to speed in various departments so they can back up for each other. Yeah, and we really left it up to the directors and the managers to decide within their department who should be a content manager when we first launched. So um, that's very helpful too because they know their employees, they know who is going to have have the, you know, in the best role to be doing that. So, and you stay on top of that because people leave organizations. I mean, four years is a long time. And so you have to say, Hey, check in. Are these still the people you want managing your website? Are these people still here? They do, they still have the time to do that. Right. Or I'll, or I'll get requests like, I want access to the website. Well, that, you know, it, it doesn't go that way. Like we need to get approval, you know, some approval from, from your manager. Um, and then, you know, are you going to use it? Like, I'm not, not going to just hand the key over to everybody who might check in every, you know, few months. Or I know organizations so. like that, though, where everybody has access to the website and yeah. it's not pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not pretty at all. It's mm-hmm. too much. Great. Well, this was fun. Who would have thought, guys, talking about a website? Well, we could fill a half an hour doing it and probably more. I could probably talk more. Websites are my jam. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so much people don't think about. But again, that's the thing. People don't think about it, but it's just so important. Just like the branding we talked about, you know, when, when you look at something or you have that first interaction, what do you want that to be? And oftentimes it is the website. And so you want that to be a positive experience. And yeah, and it's something to, and it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Derek, you know, like it's the web, website technology, like it's changing constantly. So even like four years of a design is like so long, it feels like, mm-hmm. but yep. um, it's just, it's, you know, ongoing. You have to embrace it and play with it. And yeah, and it's not just the, the technology, it's the, the thought processes behind it and the oh, way yeah. that people use stuff. Like everyone's in, you know, into UX, you know, yeah. user experience yeah, totally. design and stuff like that. I mean, that's gotten really big. Totally. So it's, it's strategizing, it's, it's a lot, which I really enjoy. And even the way <laughs> users use stuff, you know, like, I mean, if, it's kind of weird to think about, but mm-hmm. four years ago, you know, Periscope didn't exist. Snapchat was probably just a, twinkle in somebody's eye somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that stuff changed so, so quickly. And all that applies. Like the, the way that people use stuff like apps changes the way they use websites too exactly. and vice versa. It's like a, you know, big cycle. Yeah. Yep. All connected. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to engage with us on social media. If you have questions or comments for us, use the hashtag GovGoneDigital. Also feel free to leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think about this podcast. We'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. <laughs>